but for some reason, and call me crazy if you want, you can certainly do that. You'd be you'd you'd be probably right. But I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons to cover the thirteen and a half point number. Well, I think masochist is a better word than crazy in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're being fair. <laughs> Before we get started on our week number 10 NFL picks, I do need to send apologies. I just feel like I threw your wife out of her own kitchen. Hmm? <laughs> She's no. such a wonderful lady for putting up with us all the time, and, and I felt sorry. So, Martina, I'm sorry I didn't mean to throw you out of your kitchen. No, she's working. It's okay. I'm just trying to beat the snow today um, as we welcome you to this 420th episode of Unscripted. We usually, well, we always, during the NFL season, take the first episode of our weekly episodes and dedicate them to our weekly NFL picks. Um, we're going to kind of do it a little differently today. Um, I don't think that Chris and I can give any more analysis on any of these teams in depth. I think we've certainly covered that over the first nine weeks of this NFL season. As I just mentioned to Chris, not 30 seconds ago, if you don't need, if you don't know that your team sucks or you don't know that your team is good by now, you're an idiot anyway. So, um, we'll pass on the Thursday night game. Chris won that one as the Raiders came back and won that one. So congratulations. I will say this. I was surprised by the LA chargers after what they did to green Bay last week, but I'm telling you, Gruden has gotten the Oakland Raiders to buy in. They're not real talented yet, but when they do watch out, let's start on the Sunday games and we'll start in Chicago. Um, Detroit visits the windy city. The bears are Two point two and a half point favorites in this football game. Um, my analysis is this: the Bears are not very good. They're offensively challenged. Their defense has got has we found some holes in their defense because they're on the field so damn long. Because Trubisky sucks. Bottom line here: if the Bears have any any hope of getting back to the post uh, the postseason, they have to win this football game. And for that reason, and because it's at home, um, I'm taking the Bears both ways. Typically in Vegas, the public likes to take the favorite minus the points, mm-hmm. and they overestimate how good that team is, and they don't factor in the spread enough, and they're wrong. And then the pros come in, and they take advantage of that by betting on the underdog plus the points. There are two games this week, this is one of them, where that is reversed, and the pros are on the Bears, and the public is on the Lions, and I am going to be taking the Bears both ways, not only because they're good at home and they have a decent defense, but the weakness of their defense with Akeem Hicks out is the run defense, and Detroit does not have the personnel to take advantage of that, therefore, Bears both ways. Very good, sir, thank you. Let's continue in going to... um, The Baltimore Ravens visiting uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, the... uh, AFC North leading Ravens are 10 point favorites in this football game. Cincinnati, I believe this is the start, if I'm not mistaken, of the backup quarterback. Uh, his Andy Dalton has been sequestered to the bench. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. I think Andy Dalton needs a different, as it needs a change of scenery for next year. We'll just leave it at that. Um, for a lot of different reasons, Baltimore being six and two uh, in this football game, and Cincinnati. Still in the running for the first overall pick in next April's NFL draft. I'm taking the Ravens on the road both ways. I am going to, oh boy, I'm taking the Bengals plus the points. 
you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to commit to a, a straight-up pick yet because I'm considering the Bengals here because the uh, it's just a perfect situation where the Ravens come off their Super Bowl win against yep. New England. They and now they, you know, they go on the road. The Bengals have had two weeks to prepare. They have nothing to lose. They're ready to go. Division rival. Plus, Lamar Jackson was sick this week and missed practice. So, I, just to me, it's that perfect confluence there where I could see the Ravens just. Uh, showing up with about as much effort as the Packers showed last week, yeah, right? I, I think it can be one of those games. So I am for sure taking the Bengals plus 10 or whatever it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I will post my pick. I have to think about it more. That's a tough one because I like the Bengals to surprise people this week. Fair enough, but I will say this. At 6-2 and two, and the way they're coming off a massive win last week over the New England Patriots, good teams are expected to win games like this. And that's why, going back to your comment about what happened in Los Angeles last week, I have some real reservations about the Green Bay Packers, and I'll get to that later. Uh, Baltimore is supposed to win this game. That's why I'm thinking they're going to do so. Buffalo at Cleveland. To me, this was the toughest game of the week. Buffalo should win this game. If Cleveland has any pride at all in their profession, in their personnel, if they have any feelings at all for head coach Freddie Kitchens, who I think is dead man walking. Uh, Cleveland is the home uh, is the home team in this game. They are a three-point favorite uh, because of the two things that I just said. I don't care about their personnel. I don't care about their scheme. Everything about them has spelled out disaster this year in Cleveland, and they're going back. They're, they're regressing to the point where we used to call them the mistake by the lake back in my radio days, and I used to get shit from that from Cleveland fans, but it's the truth. You guys, we had put you as not only AFC North Division champions, we put you in the AFC uh, championship game, and then I saw that there were some guys out there that were putting them as potential AFC Super Bowl representatives. How dumb do you look? About as bad as those brown jerseys that the Cleveland Browns are wearing this year. They look like 22 turds out there. Um, I think Buffalo should win this game, but I think... John Dorsey probably went to practice in Berea, Ohio this week and had a few things to say to some of the team leaders. And I think for that reason, at that reason alone, especially when they lost to a Denver team that was starting a ninth string quarterback last week, and he wasn't ninth string. I don't know what string he was, but he wasn't first, second, or third. I can tell you that. Um, I'm going to take the Browns, the homestanding Browns, both ways as their last gasp effort to try to salvage something from this season well i hate the browns and i like the bills but i actually agree with you on this one this is the other game i alluded to earlier along with uh, chicago versus detroit where the public thinks this is easy money a team with a great record on the road against a team with a bad record at home but i'll tell you now that we've got greedy williams and denzel ward back as the starting corners for the browns against uh, Josh Allen, that's bad news there. They've got a great D-line to stop Singletary, who finally is getting the carries over old man Frank Gore. <laughs> and on the other side, what people don't recognize, even though the Bills have a great defense, they don't have a great run defense, and there's a guy named Nick Chubb who's going to be there, not to mention the returning Kareem Hunt on top of that. Yeah. So uh, I'm taking the Browns both ways. I'd forgotten about that, his eight-game suspension. is Yeah, it really hits right. you when you think about it. I, well, yeah, I mean, where did the time fly? Um, next one we're going to is um, Tennessee. There we go. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is back for, I still think, 
the AFC best. And I'm hoping here because I'm tired of New England. But I still think if they get all their pieces back, Kansas City's the best team in the AFC. I know that's a lot to say when you've got the New England Patriots. I get all of that. But as I just said, I'm looking for somebody else to make a stand in the AFC. I do not want to see the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl again. Kansas City visits uh, Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. The KC Chiefs come in as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, You know I don't like Mike Vrabel. You know I don't like Marcus Mariota. I'm really not high on Tennessee, but you know what? Mahomes is not going to be 100%. I don't care how great a recovery this is. I think this is probably a couple of weeks early. I believe, after the performance of Matt Moore against Green Bay, Minnesota, that Matt Moore could have gone another week and getting, uh, getting, listen to me, and gotten this, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs a win this week. I really believe that. We're not going to see that unless Mahomes has something happen to his knee. Um, I have, though, because of all those things, I have the Chiefs winning straight up, but I have the Titans, the homestanding Titans, staying within five and a half, and I have them winning against the spread. This might be the only game of the week where I really like the visitor a lot. And so uh, I think that's smart to pick the home team underdog plus the points. But I'm going to take Kansas City both ways. I like how this team looked as a complete unit with Chris Jones back on the defense. And even with Matt Moore playing, I liked it. There's this guy they got for pretty much nothing named, I believe, Charverius Ward. Yes. They're their starting corner, and he has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he'll shut down A.J. Brown easily. And pretty much everyone else for the Titans... That, I'm, that they could throw to is out, Delaney Walker and uh, uh, what's his name, Corey Davis, he, who sucks anyway. But yeah, I just I think this is a complete uh, statement victory for the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. And I think Mahomes is going to come back with a vengeance. And I think they're going to look really, really good setting up a, a, an epic encounter with the Patriots coming up very soon. Yay. Um, unfortunately, that game's going to be in Foxborough. I wish it was yeah, in Kansas I know, City. I but know. Actually, but... Kansas, City. Kansas City's done better in Boston lately than they have at home. Well, and they've done better just on the road, period. Yeah. They, they're 4-0 and on the road. They're 2-3 and at home. True. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Um, Atlanta is where we're going next. The game's in New Orleans. So the Falcons visit the Saints. The homestanding Saints, 13.5 favorites in this game. Um, <clears throat> yes, Matt Ryan is back. But again, does it really make much difference? I believe, again... Dan Quinn, make sure I get the right Atlanta coach this time. Dan Quinn, I believe, is another dead man walking. I don't believe that the Atlanta Falcons can continue to employ this guy. To me, it looks like, even though I called it two weeks ago, I thought Dan Quinn was coaching his last game. Obviously, I think that Arthur Blank is going to give him till the end of the season. But if things don't improve, I don't see how Dan Quinn makes it to next season's training camp as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Having said all that, the Saints are the Saints. They're at home. Drew Brees is back. Their defense is playing very good football. But something inside of my head says this is still a divisional battle. And that is the reason I'm taking the Saints straight up. But for some reason, and call me crazy if you want, you can certainly do that. You'd be be probably right. But I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons to cover the 13.5-point number. Well, I think masochist is a better word than crazy in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're being fair. (laughs) So... Thank you for doing a funny when I don't have a drink going down. My yeah, throat. yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Appreciate all right. That. Yes. So if everyone out there can still hear me over the sound of Mike's self-loathing, we'll continue to analyze this game where we talk about how the New Orleans Saints 
have absolutely no chance of, you know, only being within 14 of the Atlanta Falcons in any meaningful action. But Matt Ryan has become the king of garbage time this year. So because of that, I could absolutely see a backdoor touchdown. That's 100% possible. But in meaningful action, I'm telling you, I think that the Patriots will be up by three or four touchdowns for sure. Uh, but even if they are, even if they're up by three or four touchdowns, you know, I could see Matt Ryan throwing two in the last five minutes. You know what I mean? So I, it's not a bad pick to take them. What's your exact line? Did you say? I have 13 and a half. 13 and a half. See, to me, I, I think I'd need the full 14 to even consider it, or ideally 14 and a half. Right. So yeah, and that's only with the garbage time. So yeah, New Orleans all the way. They've had two weeks to repair for this. They're ready to just brutalize and kick down or kick their uh, division rivals while they're down. I don't think they need more than two minutes to prepare for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Um well, this is going to be a yawner. This would have been one of the mar- I mean, just because of the locale and and the teams that are involved. But you've got a battle for New York, and you don't. Obviously, it's once every four years that the Giants and the Jets play each other. Unfortunately, this year it's just different and, and varying degrees of suck involving the Jets and the Giants this year. Technically, the Jets are the home team. The Giants come in as two and a half point favorites in this football game. There's nothing to analyze. The Giants are a little less sucky than the Jets. And for that reason, I have the G-men both ways. I think you have to, but uh, it is the Leonard Williams revenge bowl already. But uh, boy, the Giants are missing Sterling Shepard, who not only could be put on IR, but could have to retire because he's had two quick. Really? He's had two concussions in a very short time. Evan Ingram is out too. Exactly. And so it's almost... A situation where you could see it as a trap. Like, you could see, like, well, shouldn't the Giants be favored by more than that? But I guess they're not very good either. Something feels weird about this game. I'm going to take the Giants both ways, but I think Greg and I might be ready for anything in this game because something something feels like a trap here. I wrote my note to you when I sent my picks that I thought this was a difficult week to pick. And yeah. I, 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 stay in, I stand by that because there are some games that, though... They're, they don't maybe have playoff implications, but they do have fan base mm-hmm. implications. And uh, this is certainly one of them. You'll have, you'll have 70, 80,000 people in MetLife Stadium, and half will be going for the Jets, and half will be going for the Giants, and there'll be riots in the parking lot, and there'll be riots in the, in the concourses. But I think Saquon Barkley can be the difference here in this game. And I've also heard, and you probably have as well, but I've heard that Le'Veon Bell is questionable. So yeah, I think he'll play, but well, he'll, he'll play, but will he be Le'Veon Bell esque? Because this is a game for Le'Veon Bell to kind of show out and show New Yorkers, both Jets and Giants fans, that he's the king of New York. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got a guy like Barkley that you're trying to yeah. wrestle that mantra away from. But uh, again, the Giants suck a little, in my opinion, the Giants suck a little less than the Jets be- this year. Because whenever they have the Battle of New York, which isn't that often. I guess it's once every four years, I guess, typically. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it would be because every four, every, it's every eight years usually in that situation. But here, here it's four. It, they it, play it, every it, four years, but they play in the same stadium. Yeah, but so since they, they play in the same, they yeah. play, you know, there every four years. So right. the, uh, I would think that even when both teams are bad, that game must sell out. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no question. You've got two I'm home saying. bases have, in the same one. Right. Plus you'll the have, you'll have 80,000 maniacs yeah. sitting in MetLife Stadium, and they'll be pissing and moaning and bitching and fighting and scratching, and, and then the game will start. Um, <laughs> but no, so I, my question, and I think I know the answer to this, but since it's technically a Jets home game, yeah. uh, their season ticket holders get precedence. Is that how it works then? 
Um, that's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure. But again, there's got to be some seat allocation in regard. But yeah, as the homestanding team, I would you have to, I would yeah. assume that they would have to have right of first refusal, yeah, if you yeah, will, yeah. on the seats at MetLife this weekend. Um, the next one is the Bruce Arians Bowl. His old team faces his new team. The Arizona Cardinals travel east to take on Arians' new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this game, Tampa Bay comes in as the four-point favorites, again, at uh, in Tampa. Um, I, if there was a game that Tampa's going to get jacked up for, and I think they really do like Bruce Arians down there in, in uh, Central Florida, for, all, for that, those two reasons alone. And again, I, I've been surprised with what Kyler Murray has been able to do with that idiot Cliff Kingsbury as his coach. But all that aside, I think they get jacked up for uh, for Arians against his former team. And with the number being four, I have the home ban- home standing bucks both ways. I actually look at this game the total opposite of you. I actually think that they're going to come out really flat that being the buccaneers because they were just they just went to two and six yep they're that pretty much eliminates them from Done. the playoffs yep they just played a grueling overtime victory or loss loss uh all the way across the country after fly all the way back play an early yep. game and now you've got arizona who's starting to feel a little bit better about themselves other than shaq barrett there's no rush and when there's no pass rush uh you know kyler murray seems to do quite well uh i just I just don't see Jameis especially getting up for this game at all. Uh, this is my upset of the week. I'm going to take Arizona both ways. Excellent. Sounds good. Um, where are we going next? Oh, yeah. Miami at Indianapolis. Indianapolis, when I took this down, this information down, which was Wednesday off the Bovada line in Vegas, Indianapolis was 10.5-point favorites. Since that time, and I have to honor the 10.5-point number because that's the the number that I forwarded to Chris. Ten and a half is the number for Indianapolis. Uh, it has been determined as of yesterday afternoon that Jacoby Brissett will not play with the bad knee for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the guy that used to play with Cleveland, used to play Moyer, Boyer. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, thank yeah, you. Houston. He, Houston, New England. Yep. Brian Hoyer is the starter this weekend for the Indianapolis Colts. That's still good enough to beat Fitzpatrick and the Mighty Dolphins coming off their first win. Um, But I have the Colts winning this one. Again, the number, I've said it four times. Let's make it a fifth. Ten and a half for the Colts. I have the Colts winning straight up. But the Dolphins coming within 11 points. I have the Dolphins against the spread. Okay, well, uh, our buddy Ryan Hall uh, sent me a message that he wanted to to, uh, relay to you. Yeah. So, follow the logic here. Ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. So the Dolphins beat the Jets. Right. Jets beat the Cowboys. Right. Cowboys beat the Eagles. The Eagles beat the Packers. The Packers beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the Ravens. The Ravens beat the Patriots. Therefore, the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I, I heard that from <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. else this week, and I kind of <laughs> laughed at it. So I thank, I thank our buddy Ryan for that. But absolutely, the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL, right? Of course, that uh, sort of ignores that the Patriots blew out the Dolphins to complete the circle. <laughs> but we'll just... Uh, we'll just uh, Minor technical. Yeah, yeah, we'll just go Minor with that. issue. Yeah, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins, they're not winning two games in a row. I don't care if uh, Brissett is out. I don't even care if they had their third stringer, Chad Allen, playing this game. Uh, I actually like Brian Hoyer a lot. I always have, but, yeah, yeah. but, uh, this has nothing to do with that. 
Uh, this is going to be a real letdown for anyone who thought Miami was going to win two in a row. They're going to go in there against a tough defense and a tough O-line and everything else. And we're going to get, uh, I think Marlon Mack's going to have three touchdowns and that O-line and Quentin Nelson and all those guys are just going to shove the Dolphins around. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably going to have multiple interceptions. And uh, it's probably going to go really, really badly. If they had Brissett or Andrew Luck, this game would be about... 50 to 2. Right. And actually, no, they wouldn't be capable of a safety. Let's say right. 50 to 3. 3. We'll give them a field goal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I'm taking the uh, Colts both ways all the way. I don't know. The times that I have picked the Dolphins recently because of Fitz, Mat- yeah, Fitz yeah. magic, they have done some things. I yeah. won with them against the spread in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so, you know, might as well go with the hot hand here. Um, we have a rematch of a Super Bowl. I believe it was Super Bowl 19. I'm not quite sure about that. No, it couldn't have been Super Bowl 19. I do know it was 1979. The L.A. Rams, then they were the L.A. Rams, too. They weren't in St. Louis. This is when the L.A. Rams were in St. Louis the first time. Jack Youngblood, if you remember that name from past, played in this game on a broken leg. Um, Pittsburgh ended up winning the game with some great catches by both Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. But in this game, um, we can pretty much tell you that Pittsburgh's not making the Super Bowl. I still believe the LA Rams have a chance to make the Super Bowl. They've got to get some people back healthy and, and a lot of things have to go right, but the LA Rams still are coached by a great by a great coach. They still have a lot of really good pieces. Um, the offensive line, as Chris has documented previously on our little program, is not the same as, that, as it has been in the past, and that has led to some offensive efficiencies. Pittsburgh is not the same either. The Rams come into this game in Pittsburgh as three-and-a-half-point favorites because I think McVay right now is uh, trying to get his guys and and keep up the, you know, they've got to stay within striking distance of the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks in a very tough NFC West, and they can't blow a game against a team that is starting Mason Rudolph at, at quarterback, Juju Schuster, whatever his name is, the former USC wide receiver, in Pittsburgh is questionable for this football game. Um, all I know is that I still take Sean McVay to get his team ready to win this football game. I think Shampoo Boy is back this week after the broken jaw, Clay Matthews the third. All those things. The biggest thing being they have to keep contact with those two unbelievably alpha male dogs in the NFC West, the 49ers and the Seahawks. For that reason, the Rams, I'm taking both ways. Well, there's certainly worse things in the world than Clay Matthews having his jaw wired shut. So, I'm sorry, you just, you just took a sip again. That's okay. That's good, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you know what? I This might be the toughest game of the week for me because if it wasn't for that one factor you mentioned, I think I'd be in Pittsburgh. But this is a massive game. If you look at the playoff standings in both conferences, yeah. this is a gigantic game for both teams. Damn right it is. This is like a make or break. Yeah. Are you solidly in the wild card hunt or are you just nothing and you're just making the playoffs well i don't mean to interrupt but i will say this the afc excuse me the nfc is so tightly contested this year that there is not going to be a team that gets in at nine and seven you are going to have to have at least at least 10 wins this year and nine and seven you will be watching the playoffs from your couch wow yeah and that might be the case uh Everyone remembers the year that Tom Brady got hurt in the first quarter That's right. of the first game, and they still went 11-5 and with Matt Castle, and they missed the playoffs, yeah. which is the funniest part. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, you can miss the playoffs at 11-5, folks. It is possible for sure. 
But uh, yeah, wow, uh, this game is hard. I think I'm just going to hedge my bets. I'm just going to take uh, the Rams straight up and the Steelers against the spread. If it wasn't for not just McVeigh, but if it wasn't for McVeigh with two weeks to prepare, yeah. which is the scariest thing other than maybe Belichick when it comes to stating something, he's got to have a great plan. I think he'll find a way to pull it out somehow. He'll have some brilliant plan or be ready for something and figure out a way. But man, this is going to be a tough game. I expect both teams to play really hard. If either team comes out flat, that team can straight up go to hell because they need that. Then that just means you're not professional. You don't care about your profession at all because both teams need to play their absolute best in this game and anything less won't be good enough. That's great. Absolutely correct. Couldn't agree with you more. Let's go to Lambeau, uh, Carolina, and the Christian McCaffrey show invade Ashwaubenon, Wisconsin this weekend. No Cam Newton, no big loss there. Cam Newton was put on IR this week. And the question now has got to be percolating around the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Has Cam Newton played his last game as a member of the Carolina Panthers? And I believe, quite frankly, he has. I think Kyle Allen has done enough as a serviceable NFL quarterback that maybe for the Carolina franchise, they can fill some other holes without having to spend how many millions on Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton, Chicago, even though that'd be in the same division as my Packers, Cam Newton in Chicago would look good potentially next year. Cam Newton in Denver might look even better because then he's out of the NFC North but I don't see how Cam Newton can come back and play again with the Carolina Panthers. I think Allen has done enough to satisfy the general manager, the head coach, the ownership there in Carolina. They can fill some holes with with, uh, Cam Newton's money and really solidify and strengthen the football and the overall football team instead of one position. uh, Kyle Allen has done everything that they've asked him to do and he's done it okay. He's done an okay job. Um, that's just my feeling. This game, Green Bay comes off that just that piece of crap last week in Los Angeles. I don't know what happened. They weren't prepared. Aaron Rodgers had made mention that he thought some of his teammates enjoyed the nightlife a little bit too much in Los Angeles. They were out there an extra day to try to acclimate themselves from 20 degrees in Green Bay to 82 degrees in Los Angeles. It didn't work. Nothing happened. I'd never seen Bakhtiari and Bolaga get dominated like they did from Bosa and Ingram. Bosa and Ingram were difference makers. They were awesome. What the hell happened to them on Thursday night against Oakland? I don't know. Uh, But all I know is that if there was a time to find out how good first-year coach Matt LaFleur is in Green Bay, this is the week. Um, you are coming in with a team that's five and three, meaning Carolina, good football team, probably, I believe the best all purpose back in the NFL with Christian McCaffrey. And I still apologize to Chris for screwing that one up and taking Elvin Kamara on our, on our, uh, my one foray this year into fantasy football. Cause I just didn't know. I mean, I really didn't, um, my mistake, my bad, Uh, But Christian McCaffrey can do everything, and Green Bay can't stop anybody in regard to run, the run defense. So interesting concept, but I think that, again, if there was a game that the Packers needed to show that 7-2 and is not a fluke, that this would be the week. After that turd that they laid in Los Angeles last week, that was the ugliest football game, that thing was turned off at my house at halftime. 50 yards of total offense 
for Green Bay last week at halftime. And they were missing, the Chargers were missing two defensive tackles and three safeties, yep. I think. Yep, including Derwin James. Yeah. Two down uh, defensive tackles. Yeah. You're exactly right. Now, they did play, and it confused the hell out of Green Bay when they put Bosa and Ingram on the same That's side. Right. That was brilliant. That was a brilliant move. Um, but anyway, this should be Green Bay's game to shine. This is a game for Green Bay that we will find out if the 7-2 and two was a fluke or the 7-2 and two is for real. They beat some good teams in there, but they're teams that they were familiar with. They beat Dallas all the time. They play Chicago and Minnesota and Detroit twice a year. So big game for the Packers. The Packers come in as a five-point favorite. I think that's too big a number. I'm taking the Packers to win this one because they're in Lambeau and they're pretty healthy, all things considered. But I'm taking the Carolina Panthers against the spread. Well, our buddy Walter from WalterFootball.com called last week's Packers game the most inexplicable result of the year in the NFL. The game didn't make any sense related to how you looked at it on paper, and you just almost have to move on from it. If there is one thing that I could come up with, I guess it would be what you said, the nightlife there. Who knows what happened uh, when they got out to L.A., but yeah, it probably wasn't uh, you know anything beneficial to football. And so I think one mistake that the public makes when they bet on games is they uh it, well it's recency bias so they look at what just happened and they act like that'll happen every oh so the packers didn't show up for that game so that means the packers will never show up for any game ever again well that's just not true so uh, i expect a real bounce back week you have to imagine going back to the cold weather going back to being embarrassed going back to the i would hope matt lafleur being uh, you know, ha- being fairly strict with the whip there, having some pretty hard practices, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know if you have any reports from on the I ground. Do. Oh, please tell me. The Packers, um, <clears throat> Lafleur has given a lot of uh, veterans, Bolaga, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, giving them veterans, wor- veterans rest, giving them Wednesday practices off. And they've been spending a lot of time, as the temperatures have sunk in Green Bay, they've spent a lot of time out on Ray Nitschke Field, um, uh, excuse me, in the Don Hudson Center. But this week, as a bit of a punishment, as a bit of a realization that it's going to be about 25 degrees come kickoff Sunday morning in Green Bay or Sunday afternoon in Green Bay, they practice outside in full in 20-degree weather in Green Bay this week. And Lafleur came out yesterday. I saw his uh, after-practice press conference, and he said those were two of the best practices we've had all year. So... Lafleur, I think, has been trying to, you know, integrate, initiate, I don't know the word, ingratiate himself as the newest and youngest coach in Packers history and has, has been a little bit soft. But I think this week he, he toughened up a little bit, kicked their asses outside in the 20-degree rec- weather in Green Bay. And I think I agree with you. I, I echo your sentiments that I believe that if the Packers aren't ready this week, they're never going to be ready. Yeah, so I mean, there's no question I'm taking the Packers outright. I'm having trouble deciding on who I want with the spread. I absolutely expect the Packers to do really well and and really show that they're a good team and that they do deserve to go to 8-2, uh, and two, I guess it would be. Yep. Right? So uh, I'm not, I don't even doubt that they're going to win there, but with the spread that's a that's a tough one so you can check out our picks they're always posted on generally by saturday or sunday definitely uh, definitely before kickoff at uh, patreon.com slash unscripted mc and i'll have my pick there shortly um you know it's funny we have been waiting in packerland for Devonte adams to come back 
for a month. He comes back last week, ends up taking in seven receptions. But, you know, the theme all week in Green Bay was they need to reintroduce him, reinvent him, or re-something because they had become so dependent on the two running backs, Aaron Jones and Williams, and then these these wherever they're finding these receivers had become part of the game plan in his absence, and they've got to find a way to get to reinvent or re whatever reignite. I don't know the word. I'm looking for it, uh, but I, they're looking for a way to put and get some real. I mean, he had seven catches last oh, week. Re- reintegrate. You're probably that's right. the word I'm looking there for. You go. They're trying to get Devonte Adams back into the fold, and I'm surprised how difficult that's been. But you think about it, and they had become dependent on guys like. Alan Lazar and uh, Jake Kumaro and you know who the hell are these guys? All of a sudden, you get a an all pro a pro bowler back, and you got to try to get him back in the lineup. The Sunday night game is a funny one for me uh, because it's two teams I really can't stand: the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas comes in as three point home favorites. Adam Thielen has been uh, declared out for the Vikings. I know Chris has got some more information in regard. There's a bunch of Vikings out in this game. But because the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they either play up or down to their competition, um, you know, this is the same team that lost to the New York Jets, 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 Jets a couple of weeks ago. Um, Amari Cooper had an MRI on his knee. They're hoping that he's a game-time decision in Dallas. But I think, again, the the thing here for me comes down to Mike Zimmer, who used to be defensive coordinator under Jimmy Johnson years ago, and Bill Parcells in Dallas. So he knows about Dallas. He knows the culture in Dallas. But I think Mike Zimmer is a lot better football coach than Jason Garrett. And for that reason only, again, I hate both teams, but I'm taking the Vikings both ways. And again, the number is Dallas minus three. Well, I'm I'm scared because Mike is just nailing his uh, upsets the week this year. Like you've you've you, I know you don't have them all right, but you've gotten almost everyone right this I've year. I've done well. Yeah, it's been incredible, and uh, I just don't see the Vikings winning this game. Thielen out, Diggs covered by Byron Jones, so might as well be out. Linval Joseph out, Andrew Sandejo out, and there's there's someone else too. And uh, I, I just don't see it. I think Van Der Esch is back for. Dallas and I think that Dalvin Cook's not going to go wild or anything I just I could see this being a blowout for the Cowboys to be honest the Vikings are not the same team on the road even when they're healthy and uh, Kirk Cousins has played uh, above his level I think this game might be what we call the regression to the mean and uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't get there. I, I absolutely think Dallas is going to win this all the way. I think they'll run away with this one, honestly. And I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys by any means, but I just, I just think this is one of those games where the Cowboys look great because once in a while they do that. I think the game of the week happens Monday and it's too bad it's on ESPN. So we have to listen to Joe Tessitore and Anthony McFarlane. But having said that, uh, this is for supremacy in the, NFC West division, two great football teams colliding in Santa Clara, California on Monday night. Seattle visits the 49ers. San Francisco comes in as six and a half point favorites. And um, I I like Russell Wilson. He spent a year at Wisconsin, led us to a Rose Bowl, led some unbelievable numbers that season of 2011 for the Wisconsin Badgers. But the 49ers got to watch out for this one in my mind because they have Seattle this week and then next Sunday Green Bay visits. So that's a great two 
two-game homestand for the 49ers. And if the 49ers can beat both of those teams, I, I believe then it'd be difficult for anybody to overtake them for the potential number one seed in the NFC uh, playoffs. Having said all that, um, I really like what Shanahan's doing uh, in San Francisco. Um, you talk about Joey Bosa. Well, his little brother Nick has started to finally put it together in San Francisco as well. What a weekend for the Bosa family to see their one son play in Oakland on Thursday and their other son play in San Francisco or Santa Clara technically on Sunday. Um, all of that BS aside, I believe the 49ers are the team to beat in the whole NFL right now. They've got the total package, and I believe that they can cover and beat the, San, the uh, Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. I have the 49ers both ways. Well, I'm definitely taking the Niners outright. Uh, I'm going to do this for a third time. I don't know. I, I'll put it on the picks. It's so hard because Russell Wilson is the MVP in the NFL this year, and he has been unbelievable. And the only question is, can Russell Wilson single-handedly cover the spread on his own? And he's got the talent to do it. It sounds like George Kittle will be out, uh, and somebody else, I think, major. Uh, but I mean, the Niners are so good and so well coached, so prepared all the time. And now they really designed their offense to be based on their amazing two starting tackles and their fullback. And all three have been out and they've still been winning. And they've no still problem. been kicking people's ass. Yeah, yeah. So I expect use check back the fullback and at least one of the tackles, maybe even both. So I kind of want to see the final injury report before I commit to it. But to be honest, when you analyze this, I think if you have a computer set a spread for this game, they set it at uh, San Fran minus 10. So, you know, it's clearly San Fran's the better team. Seattle is just Russell Wilson and not much else. But that is a lot having just Russell Wilson. So uh, Niners outright for sure. But uh, the spread, you'll see it before kickoff. Big bye week, too, just to remind you folks, Denver, Jacksonville, Houston, New England, Philadelphia, and Washington are all on a bye this week in uh, during week number 10 of the NFL. We've got a run on this 420th episode of Unscripted, our weekly look and making our weekly picks for week number 10 in the NFL. Um, having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.